Shem Salper learning Saita Daf Mem Aleph. We left off on Daf Mem Aleph Amad Aleph, two lines from the top of the Amid. At the end of the line, the Gemara is quoting from the Mishnah regarding what exactly did the Koyan Gadol read on Yom Kippur. So after the Mishnah mentioned that a Sefer Torah was brought to the Koyan Gadol, he stood up, he received it, and this, now we quote from the Mishnah of a Koyan, and he read from the Sefer Torah which is exactly the Kriya that we read today in the shul on Yom Kippur. And he also went from Parshas Achrimois to the Parshas Emoid in middle, where the Torah speaks about the dinim of Yom Kippur, beginning with the words, Ach Be'osoid, etc. Asks the Gemara Vedimini, I have a contradiction. We learned in a Mishnah, in Mesechtas Megillah, that Medalgin ben Navi, that when we read from a Navi, we are allowed to skip from one place to the other. But it says in the Mishnah, Ve'ein, Medalgin Batayda, that we're not allowed to skip in the Torah itself. And here the Mishnah is saying, we went from Achrimois till Parshas Emoid. Answers the Gemara Amar Abayeloi Kashe Khan over here in Megillah in the Mishnah that says that Ein Medalgen Batoiram. You know when you cannot skip from one place to the other in the Torah. That's only Bechdei Sheyifsoik Ha Turgeman. That's only if there's going to be a stop, even after the translator translates the pasuk in the Torah. And as we spoke out in the last few Shiurim, that in the days of the Gemara and in the Mishnah. The reading of the Torah was done that of the person who was called read one Pasik, and then there was a Turgaman, there was a translator that used to loudly translate that Pasik into Aramaic. Pasik, Pasik. Lashon Kodesh, Aramaic. Now, when the, the, the skipping is such a large jump that even after the Turgaman translates, there's a Hefzik, there's going to be a stop, people are going to have to wait that is only where the Mishnah says that ain't medalgen batayda. But Khan here in Saita, being that the skipping from Achrei Mois to Ach Ba'asar, from Achrei Mois to Parshas Emoir, is only Bechdei Shaloi Yifsoik HaTurgaman, there won't even be a stop. In other words, that during the time that the translator translates the last Pasuk in Achrei Mois, already the Kohen Gadol can just simply move the Sefer Torah a few columns ahead, and there's no hefzik, there's no stopping, so that is permissible. Asks the Gemara back, how can you Abaya say that? It says in the very same Mishnah in Megillah, now we quote again the beginning of the Mishnah that you can skip in the Navi itself. But in the Sefer Torah we do not skip around, and then the Mishnah continues, even seemingly, even in the Navi itself, how much can you skip? Says the Mishnah, only if there's not going to be a stop. Clearly, meaning, implying that in the Sefer Torah itself, even if there won't be a half sick, still ain't medalgin. Great question to the point that what was even Abai's Havamina, and the Havamina was that he, might, he thought that when the Mishnah says, medalgin, the Mishnah meant in the Sefer Torah. But that's not correct, because then the Mishnah should have been. Symmetric. The Mishnah used the words that ain't medalgen Had the Mishnah had been commenting and saying that in the Torah you could make a diluk, then the Mishnah should not have began by saying va'at kama medalgen. The Mishnah should have says that when can you not be medalgen when there's going to be a hefsek. 
So bottom line, the question is against Abaye, Bechlal, Michlal, it implies, the Betoyer, Klal, Vaklal, Loim, answers the Gemara, Elam, Abaye, Loikashem. Over here in Saitam, the reason why the Kain Gadol is allowed to be Medalgin, you can skip from one place to the other, that's because not only won't there be a Hefsek, which is going to be condition number one that needs to be met, but there's also condition number two has to be met, that he's moving it's the context, the content of what the Kohen Gadol is reading, both in Achrimois is about Yom Kippur, and in Parshas Emoid, Ach Ba'asler are the dinam of Yom Kippur. So it's all about the same subject. Khan, when does the Mishnah Megillah say that even if there will not be a stop, there will not be a hefsek, you're just jumping a little bit, even that cannot be done, that's Mishnah and Yonim, that's when you jump to two different subjects. And by the way, today, on the, every fast day, when we read Vayichal, we, are, we meet both conditions. First of all, the jumping from the first reading, from the Kayan to the Levi, is a very small jump. Today we don't have a Maturgaman, but today, Pashat, it's so easy, by the time the person, the, even the Balkaita, when he opens up the Sefer Torah, which anyways, we close it by the Brachas, we open it after the Brachas, during that time, to go a column and a half, or whatever it is, is something that takes no time, there's no stoppage, and it's Be'in you know, the Vayinachem Hashem al Hashem forgave us. And how did Hashem express forgiveness for the sin of the eagle? By telling Meshir Abbeinu, Psalacha, make another set of tablets. So it's Be'inyanecha, that's why we are allowed to do it. And now the Gemara says, Vehatanya, like Rashi says, Benichusa. So just to clarify, the difference between, between Torah and Nabiyah would be that in Nabiyah oh. you could skip. Even if it's a separate topic, as long as it's... As, very good. The, the Gemara is going to say it clear. Like we learn, like to make it clear, that there is a time when you could jump in the Torah itself, in the Chamesh Yechum In the Navi, you can jump only if it is B'Shtein If you're speaking about... In the Navi, you can jump even when you're speaking about two different Tinyanim. And the Khan, the Khan, you can only jump even in the Navi. So it becomes clear again that there are two conditions. For the Sefer Torah, both conditions have to be met. You can only jump if you're speaking about the same Indian and there's no Hefzik. In a Navi, there can be a Hefzik. There cannot be a Hefzik. But even though it's B'Shtein Yonim, you are allowed to jump. The Eimid Dalgen, Minavi Lenavi, we don't. Now the way we're going to touch this part of the Braisa, if you're speaking about two topics... So you can't jump from one book to the other. If you're speaking about two topics, Danny, we have to say that because, for example, today we read the Navi, and let's assume that this goes even for our reading now, which is something also open to discussion. Don't forget they used to read from the Navi, from Pashat, from a piece, you know, from a Sefer, from parchment with ink. Today, for example, Shabbos Rosh Chodesh, Erev Rosh Chodesh, when it's a two-day Rosh Chodesh, so we read the first Haftarah is in Yeshaya, Koyam HaRashem, Hashemayim Kisi, and then our minig is, is that when we finish reading Parshas Rosh Chodesh, if Sunday is also Rosh Chodesh, then we add from Shmuel, Vayemel Yonis and Machar Chodesh. In other words, we read the first and the last Pasuk of, of the Haftarah um, reading of the next day is Machar Chodesh. And it's not an issue because it's being an echad. So that's Taich here in the Braisa. The Ein Medalgin in two topics, Binavi Linavi. However, Ubenavi Shal Shnei Masar. When we are reading out of the Sefer called Trey Asr, that has in it 12 small Sfarim from the Neviyam Achreinim, 
Dear Midalgin, dear, it's considered one safer, and we are allowed to jump from one book to the other again, even by two and yonim, because it's considered, it's considered one safer. Ubalvad, as long as we're not going backwards. Okay, that means in one sefer itself, don't go backwards. That's the way we're going to learn it. And therefore, going from one sefer to the other, there we can even jump backwards. So it's from Yeshaya to Shmuel. Okay. Then the Mishnah continued on the reading on Yom Kippur, that the sefer that the Kain Gadol used to do galila. Lift the taita, do galila, wrap up the taita, umanicha and leave it. He used to hold it honorably against his chest, and then he used to announce, as we learned in the Mishnah, In other words, he was about to read also like we do today, but he was going to read baal peh by heart from Parshas Pinchas, the Karbanis of Yom Kippur. He wanted to, but he, before he did that, he announced that. A lot more than I read from the Torah is written in the Torah. No, it's don't think that what I am about to read by heart, I'm reading by heart because it's not written in the Torah. Don't think that. The Kol Kachlama, why did he have to make this announcement? I'll say for Torah, for people not to cast dispersions, people not to be moitzilaz by saying that the Sefer Torah is missing. But he wouldn't read it. Now, we already explained he wouldn't read it because Ein Medalgin, when people have to make a hefzik, as the Gemara is going to speak out clear in a moment. And then he read by heart, Right, the parsha that we read today, the Karbanis of Yom Kippur, in Parsha Spinchas, in the fourth book of the Torah, in the book of Numbers, that is read Alpeh by heart. Why doesn't he roll the Sefer Torah and read it? Now, we just spoke about this a few lines ago, but the Gemara never used the words clearly, that because of the cover at Sibur, you can't do that. So now the Gemara is going to speak out, Ahmed Afunabari Yehuda, in the name of Rab Sheshes, Lefi She'ein Goylulun Sefer Torah Bet Sibur. You don't roll the Sefer Torah from one place to the other while the community is standing and waiting. And Bolashim the Gemara in Yuma Daf Ayin, Mipnei Kavait Hat Sibur. We're very, we're very medagdic in that. Altareva was very medagdic in that. In order to the people in charge of a shul to make sure that before davening begins, they get the Sefer Torah where they have to be. Asks the Gemara one second. Still, okay. So the Sefer, so the Kain Gadol is not going to read the Parshas Pinchas reading from the same Sefer Torah because from Emor to Pinchas, you got to go almost a whole Chumash. We don't want to do that. Why can't you bring another Sefer Torah? Answers the Gemara, Rafuna bar Yehuda Amar, Mishum Pigamai Shalrishain. So Rafuna answers because reading part of the daily reading from a second Sefer Torah can make it appear, can discredit, can show, ah, the first Sefer Torah, Pasha, like we said before, it might not have had that Pasha written properly or some other a fault might have been found, which is why they took out another Sefer Torah. So we don't want to discredit the first Sefer Torah. That's answer number one. Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish Amar, Rabbi gives answer number two. Being that the, the Kain Gadol was the only one reading from the Torah, and therefore he would have made a bracha in the beginning of the reading, the Asher Bachar Banu, and he makes the Asher Nasan Lano at the end. 
if he would have been reading the portion of Pinchas from a second Sefer Torah, that would have demanded of him to make the Asher Nasalonu when he finished the Ach Ba'asoid from Parshas Emoid. Then he would have to make another beginning and ending bracha on the second Sefer Torah. And when it comes to making brachas that are not needed, there's a whole discussion, and we try to avoid it as we learn the Masech brachas. Now the Shlach Kaddish speaks about another din that we learn, that David HaMelech made a takana, that every person should make every day a hundred brachas. And he found a, a smach that Moshe Rabbeinu told us, Mo Hashem kim So al mo meya, meya meaning a hundred. Now, making a hundred brachas every day is something that when we will daven three times a day, when we'll have a su'uda, so we'll make, you know, the before brachas, the, the brachas amazim brachas, we have it covered easily. On Shabbos Anyantiv, it's more complicated because the tefillah shemana essay doesn't have yudches or yutes brachas, it only has seven brachas. However, on Shabbos Anyantiv, we make more brachas by eating. And certainly the Shlach says that when it comes to Yom Kippur, that side the Esrei is shorter. And we don't have Su'udais on Yom Kippur. There is no problem of making brachas she'en tzricha because you have to be mashal the hundred brachas. So the question is, what's Reish Lakish's reason that the Kohen Gadol couldn't take out a second Sefer Torah because you can't make a bracha she'en tzricha when l'chura on Yom Kippur, one should be allowed to make additional brachas even if they're not needed to be mashal the hundred brachas. So the Marami Pano answers that the only one that didn't have to worry on Yom Kippur and therefore is not allowed to add brachas that are not needed is the, is the Kohen Gadol. Because of the extensive tefillahs and brachas that he made, as we just read in the Mishnah, the Kohen Gadol read, after he read the Sefer Torah, eight brachas. And other parts of the Avoidah would demand of him to make brachas, so the Kohen Gadol doesn't have to add to the hundred brachas. Here we're speaking about the Kohen Gadol, so that's why... Back to the second answer that uh, we don't read from a second Sefer Torah because of Now, first of all, the Gemara is going to challenge the first answer of said in the name of Rab Sheshus. Are we afraid to take out more than one Sefer Torah? Now, when we learn the Gemara, what's the first question that comes to our minds? Does it lack times by us in the shul that we take out two Sefer Torah? Every Shabbos something is two Sifre Torah. Interestingly, the Gemara doesn't ask from the more common, like Shabbos Rosh Chodesh. The Gemara is asking from a scenario where you take out three Sifre Torah. Asks the Gemara Rabbi Tzach said that Rosh Chodesh Tevis, that falls out on Shabbos. So you have three different readings, right? And we go always in the order of Tamid. Tadir V'She'ena Tadir, Tadir Kodem. First we read the Parshas HaShavu. And then, more common than Hanukkah is Rosh Chodesh. So from the second Sefer Torah, we read part of Rosh Chodesh's reading. We don't go from the beginning, but we, we begin from Ubayim Shabbos. And then from the third, third Sefer Torah, we read the reading of Hanukkah. Right? Maybe, Shalosh Torah is, what we call the Parsha Sashavuah. And the third from Hanukkah. So how can you say that we're worried about a Pagam to the Sefer Torah? We do three, take out three Sefer Torah. And as the commentators explain, the reason why the Gemara didn't want to ask from a time when we take out two Sefer Torah, because there the question would not have been that great. When, when the institution of reading the Torah, made by Moshe Rabbeinu, Right? We read it. We don't allow three days to go by without reading a Sefer Torah. So there's different amounts of people that read. 
we have the minimum of three, kruim, then we have four, then we have five, then we have six, then we have seven. Let's speak about a typical Shabbos where we take out two Sifrei Torah, like Shabbos Rosh Chodesh. And we just had this on the Flamites on the days when we brought, I think, from Rabbi Yishua ben Levi, Yishua ben Levi, Hamafter ben Navi, Tzarech Sheikr Batayra Tchilo. So we already spoke out that the second, the one who gets Haftayra has to read again Maftir. And we spoke out our minig is that the Maftir is not the seventh person called up. The Maftir is already the eighth. Which means that in a typical time when we take out two Sifrei Torah, we don't read from the second Sefer Torah the Iker Chiyuv of calling up seven people on Shabbos. We read seven from the first Sefer Torah. What do we read in the second? The Maftir. That didn't bother the Gemara that much, even though it's also a good question. We ask from a scenario where we take out three Sifrei Torah. When we take out three Sefer Torah, it has to be that from the second Sefer Torah, we still read the, the main obligation readings. We read the seventh reader, reads the, reads the Rosh Chodesh from the second Sefer Torah. And then the Maftir is read from the third. That's already Akasha. What about Pigama? Your, if for Chayshish to Pigama Torah, answers the Gemara, Tlosa Gavra, Tlosa Sifrei Lekem. Pigama, you're confusing how it worked on Yom Kippur and how it works today in a shul. When you call a different person to a separate second, uh, Sefer Torah, separate Sefer Torah, so now this goes both on the three Sefer Torah or the more common two Sefer Torah, it's two different people. Doesn't look like we found a fault in the first. Then, you didn't have a Malkaira. The one who read, every, the one who was called read. So if the one called he read, and he's going to be reading the next one, and he read from another Sefer Torah, people are going to think, ah, he, the reader, found a fault in the first. But when you call a separate person to read, and there the second person gets called by a second Sefer Torah, a third person, by yet a third Sefer Torah, there's no pigam. But Chad Gavra, by Yom Kippur, the Kohen Gadol, Petrei Sifri, there we do have a pigam. Okay, now the question that we have on this sugya is regarding when we indeed do have to read two different readings and there's going to be a hefsik and a shul that only has one Sefer Torah. So here we learned the concept of Fisha in Goylul and Sefer Torah but Sibur and Belash and the Gemara and Yuma had Sibur. So the question is, what should the community do? And we opened up over here in the beginning, we only had one Sefer Torah. So there's a machlek between the Rajma and the Mordecha. The Rajma Taka says that until today, if the community only has one Sefer Torah, and we have to read two different readings, and they're not mamash adjacent to the other, like we spoke out like by a fast day. In other words, if we're going to be goylel, there's going to be a hefsik. The Rajba says the second reading should be read Baal Peh. Or today you have Chumashim, not to read. That's another whole discussion related to this. So you read it from a Chumash. The Mordechai argues with the Rajba, and we Paskan like the Mordechai, it's better if you have to, Sifrei Torah, then get ready before and put everything in the right place, not to be going a little bit Sibur. But if you only have one Sefer Torah, then we are, we're going to turn the Sefer Torah in between one reading and the other. And the reason that is given to the Mordechai, I, the Gemara here says, Lefisha ein goyolim Sefer Torah b'tzibur. So he says like this, first of all, one approach is, is that, you have to look at the tzibur itself. On Yom Kippur, who was the tzibur that we did not want to give tircha to? 
or in the positive that we wanted to give honor to, all of the Jewish people. That was a huge tzibur. So there we say, don't be goyal of the Sefer Torah. In a shul, you have a thousand people, you have a hundred people, you have a few minyanim, that's one approach, so therefore somehow less numbers, less issue. And there's another gavaldic approach, which is the following, that on Yom Kippur, the person who's mechoyev in the reading is only the Kohen Gadol. Because the reading is part of the Avaida, and the Avaida is on the Kohen Gadol. People are watching. Since the people are not obligated, but they're standing there, don't waste their time, so to say, by having to turn the Torah from one place to the other. But on Shabbos, by us, every person in the community is obligated in the Kriyas HaTorah. So since we're obligated in the Kriyas HaTorah, so, and, and the ideal way of reading the Torah, what Moshe Rabbeinu instituted, was not to read it Balpet, was not to read it from a Chumash, was to read it from a Sefer Torah, there, no, Kavaydat Sibur is people should, be, should fulfill their obligation. If you have two Sifrei Torah, obviously take out both Sifrei Torah. But if you don't have an option, there is Bechlal not an issue of Kavayit HaTzibur because you're doing it for the Tzibur. You're not doing it for one individual and everyone has to wait for that one individual. Okay, back in the Gemara. So the Mishnah said that Umavarech Olei Shmoyne Brachis, that the Kohen Gadol, at the end of the reading, he made eight brachas, and as we spoke out already in the Mishnah, that everyone accepts that the Kohen Gadol also made the bracha before the reading. The Asher Bachar Banu. For some reason, the Mishnah doesn't mention it here. And Va'oid, again, we gave two approaches in the Mishnah, because the eight brachas, the Mishnah gives nine. So either the last that the Mishnah mentioned, that the Mishnah doesn't speak out, and the Gemara also doesn't speak out fully. That's the one that's not included in the eighth. Or maybe the Asher Nasan was so normal, that's not included in the eight. And here the Gemara goes, to, goes through these brachas. That means that the Asher Nasan the bracha after, is the normal bracha. The Nusach that we say today. Then we say Avoida. Avoida is Ritzay. Exactly the way we have it today in the Siddur. However, we spoke out when we learned the Mishnah. That today we conclude the bracha in Golos HaMachazir Shechinos Elotzion. And when the Shekhinah wasn't seen, when you have a base Amikdash, obviously you didn't say those words. So the words that are said is, That was the ending of Ritzei. Then goes, what we call Maidim. That ends with, And then, The standard formula, as we learned in Rashi in the Mishnah, that, we be, that he, the bracha begins with the words, Mamish, the way we daven today. And as Rashi says, and we conclude that bracham, Baruch Hashem, and in the Beis HaMikdash, whenever you said Hashem, you said, Min Ha'olam, Va'ad Ha'olam, Melech Meichel V'Selech L'Avaynesenu, V'Lavaynes Amoy. I was just reading now from the Rashi in the Mishnah. That was, in other words, Ketiknum, the way, the standard formula that we have in the Siddur. And then Alam Mikdash, and going back to the Rashi in the Mishnah, Mispalal Alam Mikdash, reading outside Rashi, V'choysem B'baruch Asher Bachar Bamikdash, those were the words of the ending. So it's Baruch Atu Hashem, right? Min Ha'olam, Va'ad Ha'olam, Asher Bachar Bamikdash. Then you have V'al HaKoyhanim Bifnei Atzman. Rashi, for some reason in the Mishnah, doesn't speak it out. But it should be Asher Bachar Bakoyhanim. And then you have V'al Yisrael Bifnei Atzman. And here Rashi speaks out, Haboicher ba'amo Yisrael. And back in the Brisa here, Va'al Yerushalayim b'fnei atzmon. 
those were Yerushalayim was number eight, if you count Ashenos and Lono, and then the Mishnah said, Vahashar Tfilah. And then the end, the coin Gadol Davins. Tonder Abanan. Hashar Tfilah. So look what the Tabraisa says, it's Tfilah. Let's touch the word Tfilah. Hatoifel Klicheres, the way we touch it in Chasidis. Tfilah is the highest level of Davening, which is to connect, to become one with Hashem. Tchina means supplications, what we would also call today Tachnun. Rina means to sing. And Bakosha means to ask for our needs. And Bikitzer, as we learn, that there's the ladder of Yaakov's dream, is represented today by the Tfilah. And there are four rungs in the ladder. And before Shmona Esrei, we are, we are going from a lower level to a higher level. And after Shmona Esrei, we have to walk down. We can't jump off the ladder. And Lechorah, or perhaps, this Seder of the Braisa is Milmaila Lamata. In other words, the Kain Gadol finished the Avaida. He finished the reading of the Torah. So now we're going down back to earth. So he begins with Tefillah. Tefillah is the highest level. You become one with Hashem. Tchina is becoming completely nullified to Hashem. In other words, admitting that we are a fault. So I feel humbled. I'm not one with, but I'm like Bittal B'Metzias, let's say it's Tefillah. Bittal Hayesh is Tchina. Rina is the concept of singing, of being filled with joy, and the lowest level of prayer is asking Hashem for our needs. And by the way, that's exactly how we have the Seder today in, the, in our Sidurim. Which right after Shemona Esrei comes Tachnun, that's Tchina. Right after that comes Ashrei. Ashrei is a capital Tehillim of Rina. And then at the end of the Ovalotzian, we finish, now that's before the Kaddish Deskabel. That's, you know, the end of davening is when we say that So we end off with the with asking Hashem, right, for all of our needs. That he asks for all of what we need to be helped with. And the Rambam clearly has, doesn't, this is not the exact Nusach. In other words, he added many bakashais and v'chaisem, and he concluded with the words, Shemeyat Filah, which is mamash what we would say today after Uvalotziyan, Teskabal Tzeloisem, Uvalotziyan, the whole basis. Now, Mekan Ve'elach, look at the ending of this Braisa, after the Kohen Gadol finished with the eight, or let's say nine brachas, Kolechad v'yechad mevi sefer Torah, mitoich beisai, everyone would bring their own sefer Torah, v'koyrebai, and everyone would read from their sefer Torah, over there in the Beis HaMikdash. How did they get their Sifrei Torah there? You can't carry on Yom Kippur. First of all, in Yuma, there's one opinion, if you remember, that you could carry Yom Kippur. But we don't pass in that way. Yerushalayim is a walled city. And even for the people who don't use the Erov, we also had this, I think it was in Yuma or in Sukkah. Remember that everyone brought their Esroigim. How did they bring their Esroigim? How did they bring their Arba Minim? They brought it there from before Yom Tiv. They could have brought it there from before Yom Tiv. Everyone read from their Sefer Torah. Why? The Kol Lama. To show his appearance in public. Now, who is the his appearance that you're showing off in public? So the literal meaning is, is that Sefer Torah is beautiful. And especially when people are Mahadir, so they have a beautiful Sefer Torah. So you want to show the beauty of the Sefer Torah. You know, by Esrik, the world says, Esrik is a Rosh Tevis, Al Tivieni Regal Gaiva. Because Esrik, it can be, God forbid, that people come to shul to show off their Esrik. So there's, there's, they're showing how beautiful a mitzvah is, which is a beautiful thing. And then there is the not beautiful thing showing how great I am. Look at what Esrik I bought. 
So the chazusoi for sure doesn't mean I'm showing my appearance. Wow, look at my Sefer Torah. But there is an Indian to show the beauty of the Sefer Torah. Or perhaps, especially in the Beis Amigdosh, especially on the holiest day of the year, their godliness is more revealed. So when we look at a Sefer Torah today, as we learn in Hasidus, we see letters. We see letters. When, godly, when, when godliness is revealed, when we opened up a Sefer Torah, we saw godliness. You know, the times of the first Beis Hamikdash, when people had a question in Halacha, you know what they did? They opened the Sefer Torah. Go try that today. We'll see letters. Halavai, we understand Pasha the simple touch. And all the great Sadiqim did it. So maybe it means that on Yom Kippur, my same Sefer Torah, that during the year when I opened up, I saw what you see today. On Yom Kippur, you would see a whole different appearance. So we wanted everyone to have the experience of looking in their Sefer Torah and seeing a whole different thing. You see Pasha the Dvar Hashem, you see the godliness in the Torah on the holiest day of the year. Back in the Mishnah. This Mishnah is very relevant to today. Today we're learning in Tavshin Ayin Vav, it's a Shnas Hakel. Hakel is a mitzvah that can only be kept when the, when, 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 when the Beis HaMikdash is built, when all the Yidin are in Eretz Yisrael. There were people not that long ago that were suggesting that still in Golos we should still make hakel today in Eretz Yisrael. That's a whole different discussion. But the Rebbe strongly encouraged people that even though we can't keep the mitzvah, kitikunai, so when you can't keep any of it, so then, you know, learning the Torah is good enough. But the concept of hakel should be kept today, even before the coming of Mashiach, of people during the entire year gathering together for the purpose of hakel, which was to inspire people to remind ourselves of Maimed Har Sinai, and to inspire ourselves with Yiddishamayim. So Parshas HaMelech Ketzad, how did Hakel look when the Hakel was done the way it has to be done literally? And we call that the portion of the king because the Melech B'Yisrael was the one that did the Torah reading in public. So says the Mishnah Ketzad, Moitzei Yomtev Harishen Shalchag, at the end of the first Yomtev of Sukkot. And in Eretz Yisrael, we keep one day in the beginning and one day at the end. So Moitzei Yomtev Rishen means Matzei, the first day of Sukkot, going into Chalamayi, the first night of Chalamayi Sukkot, Bashmini, and as the Gemara is going to point out, just to know, Digduk a little bit, that Bashmini is Lashon Zacher, and we use Lashon Zacher when we speak about days. When we speak about years, we use the feminine, we use Lashon Akeva. So the Gemara is going to amend, and the Gemara is going to say, Tenei Bashminis, because it's not on the eighth day, it's not on Shmini Atzeres. No, 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 it's the first day of Chalamayit. Bashmini means in the eighth year. What's Pshat the eighth year? Bimatsoi Shviz, the year right after the end of Shemitah. So Oisin Loi Bimashal Eitz Bazara, they used to build. When they built, we'll read in Tais soon. They used to build a large platform in the courtyard. And again, we're going to clarify as we did at the end of yesterday's year. Rab Chizda says, Ba'azara means Ezras Nashim. We'll get to that soon. And the king is going to sit on this platform. As it says, that at the end, this is in Parshas Vayelach, of the seventh year Shemitah cycle, at the appointed time, we'll read more of this Pasuk soon. And then, what happened? Okay, so you had the platform, and the king is ready on the right time. So here we go through the same Seder as we learned in the previous Mishnah. The Chazan says the Shamish would take the Sefer Torah. And Lechura, again, he would take the Sefer Torah from the base Aknesis that was built on Harabayas that had in it one of the Sifri Torah that Moshe Rabbeinu wrote. 
and Venoisnoi, and he would bring it to the Roishaknesses. He would bring it to the Gabai, he would bring it to Danny Fishman. The Roishaknesses and the Gabai, the head of the community, would bring it to the Sagan, would bring it to the uh, deputy Koingado. And the deputy Koingado, Noisna would give it to the Koingado. And yesterday we learned about the reading of the Torah, it stopped there. The, the Kriyasa Torah. On Yom Kippur, that's for the Kohen Gadol. Hakel is a din on the king. So the Kohen Gadol would give it to the king. The king would stand up and receive the Sefer Torah. However, but but he would read, and he would read large parts of Sefer Devarim, as the Mishnah will speak out exactly what he read. He read it sitting. Says the Mishnah, that Agrippas HaMelech, and you should know that there were two kings called Agrippas, and it comes from Rashi here, that Rashi says we're speaking about the second Agrippas, the one who had the Beis Amigdas destroyed during his reign. This Agrippas' father was an Evid, came from the descendants of Hurdus. In other words, his father was not Jewish. His mother was Jewish, according to Rashi. And there's going to be a big Machlekes Rishonim. Rashi Toys was here. Whether such a person is called Mikarev Achecha, whether he's allowed to be a king, we're going to learn the Gemara more, according to Taisus, that Me'iker Adin, he is not allowed to be a king, because even though he's Jewish, because the mother is Jewish, but when it comes to the Me'kerav Achecha, the Torah repeats the words Me'kerav Achecha twice in Parsha Shoftim, in the same Pasuk. Same Tosim, Olach HaMelech, Me'kerav Achecha. Then it says in the Pasuk, Vaitel Loisucha Loseis, Ish Nachri Asher Loyo Chichohu. It says twice that he's not your brother. According to Taisvis, that second time comes to tell you that a king, other rulers can be rulers if they're Jewish, if their mother is Jewish. A king, you have to have the father and the mother Jewish. So he was really not allowed to be a king. Now, you have to understand that when you live in such a time where there's kings in the world, sometimes going out against the king will cost you your life, and you're not mochoyf to do that. Right? Mr. Snefesh goes on the three biggies, not on the challenging the monarchy. Agrifas was a kosher king. So even though, as that's the way we're going to learn the approach in the Gemara, even though no one was going to go out against him, there was really no need to tell him, you're good, you can be the king. There was no need for Hanifa. There was no need for uh, false, uh, 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 false flattery was not needed. But they did that over here and there, there was a consequence. So Agrifas HaMelech, not only was Ahmad Vikibel, not only was he the one reading it, so not only did he stand up to receive the Sefer Torah, but Vikara Oimeid, to give additional honor to the Sefer Torah, to the Tzibur, he read it standing. And Vishibchu HaChamim, and they praised him. But when he came to the words, that's the whole point of Taisvis. Because according to Rashi, the question on the Mishnah will be, why didn't the Mishnah say that when he came to the words, So from the words, that did not challenge his being a king. But when it comes to the end of the same Pasuk, where it says, His eyes began to flow with tears. He was a kasher, the king. He was, he was paying it, and he understood he cannot be a king. So Amrulai, so the Chachamim told him, Altis yore agrifas, don't be worried. Ochinu ato, ochinu ato, you are our brother, you are our brother. It says twice in the Pasik, Mikerevachecha, you are included in it. And here there's going to be a challenge. And according to Rashi, 
He was taka alpidin, allowed to be a king, but it wasn't nice that he was a king. According to Tosafos, he was not allowed to be a king. No, a king from Shevet Yehuda is the ideal kingship. But if he's not from Shevet Yomalche Yisrael, they had a right to be kings. Right? They were not allowed to sit in the Azara. But if you're not, according to Tosafos, if the father is not Jewish, you push it out the Ikeradin, you can't be a king. That's correct. Now, what? Cannot be. It has to be Mikhail Bachacha. And even according to Rashi, I just read his Lush and Bahamid Bays, he says, Vizila Milsa. Zila Milsa means it's not nice. It's not nice according to everyone. No, there was something wrong with the Chachamim telling him, And again, and the way we're going to learn, we're going to learn this according to Taisus. If he wouldn't have been a kosher king, it would have been good to tell him, Because when a king shows that I'm in doubt whether I can be a king or not, and you don't go and confirm you're good, if the king is not kosher, he would take off your head. So for Sakana, you can do whatever you need to do. Agrifas was a kosher king. He wouldn't have done anything if he would have cried and people would have cried with him. Like, yeah, and the you should not have been king. He wouldn't have reacted negatively. So there was a certain type of Hanifa, and let's get there. Porsche is getting late. Okay, so now what exactly is red? Uh, no, if I care, Tachinoata is Altis Yore. They told him, You're good. You are our brother. You are our brother. You could be a king. That doesn't work. So that's the whole issue. So there was a Hanifa here. So the question is, how much Hanifa did they give? Lashit Asrashi, he was allowed to be a king, but Zila Milsa. So all they did was is that they, they covered up the Zila Milsa. According to Tosafos, it was worse. That he, if the mother is Jewish, she can have another position of leadership. But the king, king, only father and mother. And therefore, it was against halacha. So the Achinuata was worse, was a worse Hanifa. Let's go on the Mishnah. Now, what did he read? He began from the beginning of Eilat Dvarim. That's, that's Parshas Dvarim. And he read up until Shema. Shema is Shishi of Vo'eschanon. And he read the Shema. And then he went from the Shema to the Vo'ayim Shemaya. Where's Vo'ayim Shemaya? That's the end of Shishi of Ekev. So he jumped the middle. I jumping, that's the whole issue. He jumped. And then he went Aser to Aser is Hamishi and Re'eh. Yeah, you're Balkaira. And then Kisachala La'aser is Shani in Kisavai. Now, here, ironically, he went from Re'eh to Kisavai back to Parsha Samelech, back to Parsha Shaiftim. And why did he do it? So, you know, this is a Pasha that we have to go quickly. Being that there is an Ingen to read the Ingen Echot. So the Aser to Aser and Kisachal Aser is being an Echot. So even though he jumped, that took precedence. So they went from Re'ei to Kisavai. When they finished speaking about the Maisres, then they went back to Shoftim. Then they went ahead again in Kisavai to the Brachas and Klolis. Until he ended the whole Parsha, just to make it clear, the Takan English, nice Parsha of the week. Parsha, the real meaning of a Parsha is where we have a Peir or Samach in the Chumashim today. And the end of the, no, the sedra of the week is the right wording. What we call the order of the week, what we call the parsha, should be called the sedra. Here in the Mishnah, he, until he finished the parsha, so turn it like this, the blessings and the curses, the Torah only writes the curses, ends with the pay. So that's the end of the parsha. But right after the curses, you have the whole teichecha, which today will be, let's say, peidik chavches and kisavai. That also ends with the pay. The teichecha ends with the samach, and then the Torah writes, Eila divrei habris, I forgot the Lashon exactly. This is the covenant. 
And that also is a parsha. So I so Achigoimer call a parsha. I I don't know what it means. And actually, it seems like he only finished the klolis, or maybe he added the teichacha, and that's where he ended. Now says the Mishnah, The brachis that the kain gadol made the eight brachis hamelach mevarachaisan. Ella, he doesn't conclude with the with the day of Yom Kippur. Melech Meichalava in Esenu. What does he do? Shenoisen regalim tachas mechilas avayin. Being that he's reading it on Sukkot, so he ends the you know speaking about the Yom Tiv and not about the mechilas avayin. So let's begin with the Gemara. So first of all, the Gemara says the Mishnah said that Motzoi Yom Tov Harishin Sholchag Bashmini. Again, Bashmini is day. Bashmini is Lashon Zacher. Bashmini Salkadaitach on the eighth day. It's not on the eighth day. It's on the it's on the first day Chalamayit. Answers the Gemara, Ema Bashminis, at a sof, make a lush in the keva. It refers to the year and the eighth year. Threk the Gemara of Cholhan Alamali, why did the Pasik itself, and therefore the Mishnah? You know, the Pasik begins, Mikeit Shavashanim, Bemoyed, Shnas Hashmita, Bechagasukais, Bevoikol Yisrael. Why did the trader have to give all of these signs to make us understand what is the time to do the reading? Explains the Gemara Tzricha the Ikas of Rachmana Mikates had the parsha only began with the words Mikates. Have I mean I would have thought Nimnu Mahashta. Moshe Rabbeinu, this is some parshas Vayelach said, if he would have said Mikates Shavashanim, you know when you should count to seven years. One might have mistakenly thought from when Moshe said these words. Now we did not do it seven years from when Moshe Rabbeinu gave us the commandment. Why not? Because we know that we only started to count the seven Shemitah years only 14 years after we entered Eretz Yisrael. Seven years to conquer and seven years to settle and then we began the seven-year count. If the title only would have said Mekeit Shavashanim, I would have thought Nahashta. And Afal Gavdiloi Misrami Bishmiti, even though if we would touch it wrongly like this, then the reading of Hakel would have nothing to do with the Shemitah. Who cares? Who says Shemitah? At the end of seven years from now. So therefore the Torah needed to write Mikeit Shavashonim B'moyed Shnasa Shemitah. It's connected to the Shemitah here. If the Torah would have only stopped there writing Shemitah, I would have thought you have to read it at the end of the Shemitah here. At the end of Elul. So therefore the Torah writes the words B'moyed B'moyed Shnasa Shemitah. B'moyed means on the appointed time or in the appointed time, but it refers to Yantif. At the end of Elul there is no Yantif. So now, if the Torah only would have left the words b'moyed chag hashmita, I would have thought, what's the first moyed after the year of shmita? What's the first yantiv? Rosh Hashanah is called the yantiv. I would have thought mereishato. So therefore, the Torah adds the words b'chag that it's not the yantiv of Rosh Hashanah; it's the yoyim toiv of sukkais. And if the Torah would have written chag I would have thought maybe at the end of sukkais, the yantiv achren shmini atzeres. Some people say it doesn't mean Shmini Atzeres. Yom Tavachron might have meant the, the seventh day of Sukkot. Lahoyer that our Nusach and Davening, interesting, in, in Tilos Hashem, is that when it comes to the Yom Tovim, we say Bechag Hamatzos, Bechag Hashavuos, Bechag Hasukkot. We don't say Bechag Shmini Atzeres. We say Beyom Shmini Atzeres Hachagazeh, and other people don't have the word Chag. 
Because in the Torah, you don't have the word Chag and Shmini Atzeres. So whatever the Yom Tov Achlen means, Shmini Atzeres, or the last day of Sukkot, but we wouldn't have thought it's on Matzai the first day. So Kasev Rachman of Avaykal Yisrael, the next Pasuk, turning the page, meaning Me'as Chalta the Mayed, from the beginning of the Yom Tov of Sukkot. In other words, Matzai Yom Tov. And here Rashi says that on Yom Tov itself, why can't it mean when people get together? Why not on the first day of Yontif, says Rashi, because how can you build a platform on Yontif? And Toysavis on the Mem Aleph has a whole issue with Rashi. It's a very important Toysavis. First, he works out all of these Lemunim. You know, the Gemara doesn't go backwards and forwards. Normally you have, the Torah has to write one word, so he writes the other word, but he could have only written the second and not the first. Toysavis works out the whole Gemara. He also points out, the bottom line is, just I just want to read at least the end of the Toysavis, Venira, that they used to build the Bima Me'er of Yontif. The, on Yantiv, you can't build. Binyan. No, 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 it's a malacha. So, Toysavis point, if the Torah would have said to build it, then you're doing a mitzvah. That's the challenge against Rashi. But since we know the Torah didn't mean Yantiv, then you can't build on Yantiv. Toysavis says you can't even build on Chalamayit. And being the Chalamayit. See, Chalamayit is a Yantiv. So, Toysavis explains that they built it out of Yantiv. And they had those pieces laid out in a way where it doesn't get into the way of the people diving there. And all they did was is that they put it together. Till today, like in a shul, like you put tables together, you put benches together, and you stand on the... doesn't matter. You're, you're not building anything. It's not even... It, it, you know, it's, a temp, it's not even temporary. You're not building. There's no binyan. All they did was is that they put the pieces together. Okay, let's go right to the end of the one. It's getting late. The chazan ha-knesses, noitl sefer toyed v'noitl ha-knesses. Right, the shamash gave it to the gabai. And here the Gemara does exactly what it did last daf. Shma mino. So we'll let us prove from our Mishnah. Cholkin kovid that we give covet to the Talmud even in the presence of the Rav, and that's really a machlekes and Baba Basar, So Abayah says again, there's no proof. Maybe we can hold that we don't give honor to a student, even if he's worthy of receiving honor, when the Rav is there. Why did they make the Sefer Torah not go directly to the king? That is part of giving covet to the king. When you're showing the king, Wow, look how high you are. To get to you, you have to go through this person and then to that person and then to the other person. That's a good uh, source for a bris, having the baby to many people. Aha, uh-huh, it gives more covet to the, to the sandik. Interesting. It's part of the covet of the sandik. <coughs> Actually, I know in Lubavitch, we paskin ain't cholken covet, that's for sure. Even by passing. Anyway, let's go right. But Melech, Amen, Makabal, Vakaida. Uh-huh, that's a covet. It makes it more bachavadik. Very well said, yeah. Now, Vamelech, I mean, so the Mishnah says the Melech stands up and he receives it. But Vakoyde Yoshef, Agripas, Hamelech, not only was he Ahmed Vikibul, but Vakoyde Yoshef. First of all, the same thing like yesterday. When the Mishnah says the king stands up to take the Sefer Torah, what does that imply? That he was sitting. How can he sit Bazana? The same pasuk we learned yesterday. For some reason, yesterday we learned in the Gemara, the, the Gemara quoted before the Vegaimer the words Mi Anoichi. But there, only David can sit in the Azara, answers the Gemara. Ah, just like Rabbi Chizda said regarding the Brises that we learned in the end of Daphnem Amad Beis. Daphnem. Yeah, that Rab Chizda said for the Braisa Be'ezras Noshim, Hachinami Be'ezras Noshim. Ezras Noshim appeared to be part of the temple complex, but halachically the Kedusha of the Azorah began after Shar Niknor, not east of Shar Niknor. 
And therefore, Ezra's Nashim did not have that heightened level of Kedusha. And you are allowed to sit there. And Vishibhu Chachamim, what did they praise him? They praised him that he read it standing. Before the Achiyata. No, it's Agri. You can read it when you're sitting. He stood. Now, one second. When he's standing, he, the king is showing Kavit to Hashem. Kavit to But there's a Kavit HaMelech. The king has to be honored. And you know who has to honor the king? The king also. The king is also a Jew that is Mechoyev to give cover to the king, which is why the halacha is that Melech Shemach Lachavoydei and Kavoydei Macho. Asks the Gemara who They praised him. What? Mechlal the Shapra of it? Ah, he did good. That the Nasi, the word Nasi is used in Chazal to the position of the head of the Sanhedrin. So the head of the Sanhedrin, Shemach Lachavoydei, Kavoydei Macho. Torah is called Al Shemai. He Taka becomes part of the Torah. It's his. He can give. He can forgive it. Forgive the honor. But the king, it's not his kingship. It's God's kingship. So Melach Shemach Al he cannot forgo his own honor. He has to honor the king, not him. He represents Malchus Shemayim. Shinam as it says, Soim Tosim Olecha Melach, and the word Soim Tosim is double. And it teaches us amongst things, Shetehei Eimasei Olecha, including on the king. So how was he allowed to forgo his own honor? Answers the Gemara Mitzvah Shani. Yeah, the king cannot forgo his honor if it's not related to a mitzvah. And Teisvah defines it more. That a mitzvah that's directly connected to Kavit Hashem, like standing when the Sefer Torah is being read, that a king also has to give honor to. There, not shot that he was Moichel on his covet, you can learn. He's, he, he, he's not lowering himself. The opposite. He's honoring God. There wasn't even mechila for the sake of a mitzvah. He did nothing that degraded him. When you stand, when you do a mitzvah, you are, it's not an act of lowering your honor. It's an act of showing covet for Hashem. I'm sorry? You don't, ha- you, don't, you don't have to do it. Not only you don't have to do it, other kings did not do it. He went beyond and he did it. And look in Tosfos for more. Now, so he cried. So people to appease him told him, we learned in the name of Rabbi Nosen, but at that time that there was, let's use the words, false flattery. The enemies of Israel, this is a euphemism, not to speak out the Yidin themselves. They were liable to, God forbid, to destruction. Why? Because they flattered him when it was not needed. And again, Rashi, clearly, Rashi writes that Zila Milsa, he was allowed to be a king, even though his father was not Jewish, but it's not nice. And Toysus writes, he writes, look inside, the, I think, four lines from the top of the wide lines, Avimelech. Since Chazar Vishana Olav, since the Torah repeats in the same verse, Mikera Vachecha Tosav Lecha Melech, the Kapid Kra Gabi Melech Achi Hey Mamish Mikera Memutzami Ove Viimoi Mi Yisrael, and his father wasn't Jewish. And Vezuhoisa Achanufa Shemalach Bezraya Shloi Kedin Torah and Vahoiduloi Virziku Bekach. And Toisvus adds Nihi Shloyuchu Limachos. You can't go against the king; you'll lose your life. So no one is finding the Chachamim guilty for not protesting against it. It wasn't their fault. However, because he was a Melech Kashir and he wouldn't have reacted if you didn't give him that false flattery, he wouldn't have done anything. So in this Chayvu, you say, Why is it, 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 why is it,
Fisin? Cry, cry with him. No, 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 no. He knew what it means. You're good. They didn't have to tell him you're good. He's not good. Cry with him. Let's go right there. Look at the play of words. The words agreifa means the power of. But the agreifa has the same shayrish of the word chanufa. That when the power of, of flattery prevailed is nisafsu hadinim. So judgments became perverted. Or the Bach says nisafsu hadayonim. The judges became perverted. What's that flattery? A judge is sitting in judgment. Two people are in front of him. One of them is a balzeroya. One of them is a mafia person. If you're going to have to give false flattery, then you're not going to give a good judgment. You're going to flatter the, 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 the strong man. So judgment goes, becomes perverted. And, and when judgment becomes perverted, people start to, the conduct becomes, um, becomes corrupted. And once the behavior becomes corrupted, then no one behaves properly. And then if no one behaves properly, no one can tell someone else that my actions are better than yours because no one is behaving better than the other. And it's like a catch-22. So there's a cycle going downwards. No one has the power to stop bad behavior. Like this. We learn the Gemara the way it seems in the bottom that when we are in Golos, and when there is a danger, if we don't falsely flatter those who are ruling us, for Sakana, you're allowed to do it. Shnei Menazet says, when a Mashiach will come, then, that then we won't call a vile person, ah, you're generous. Then we're not going to call the Kile, a Kile is a person who's very lustful, we're not going to call him that you are Shoya, that you're generous. Meaning now we do do that. And just to conclude with the today's Chav Kislev Tavshanai Vav. And, and the whole secret of the Alter Rebbe that when he was in jail, he went on a hunger strike in the beginning because there wasn't kosher food. And, and they were trying to force feed him. And with Pashat's superhuman strength, he did not allow himself to be force fed. But when the minister of culture saw people trying to force feed him and he stopped them, he was learned and he asked the Alter Rebbe, why were you risking your life? First, by going on a hunger strike, he fasted for many days and fighting against the goyim that were trying to push and hurt him to make him eat when he told him it's not one of the three mitzvahs for which you have to give up your life. And he was mamish ready to go on Messiris Nefesh. And the Altarebbe's answer, the way we have it was, that I'm taking that b'choyev, but today if I will not eat. Notice we find sometimes that people put themselves in danger even for mitzvahs that we're not obligated to put ourselves in danger, however you'll explain it halachically. And on this we say over here that does not include false flattery. Today if we don't eat, and even if we have to pay with our lives, but to falsely flatter a rasha, because if not we will lose our lives, that's the chiddush of the Gemara that you can do. And let's spin another few lines. I'll show you another place. That we can falsely flatter a rasha. We just read this in the Chumash. That what did Yaakov say when he saw Esav? He tells Esav, wow, that seeing your face was like seeing the face of an angel. Right? That you were appeased by me. So he told Esav that your face looked like a face of an angel. Even if you're going to say that Elikim means an angel. Avada, godliness. So it was false. Why did he say it? Because Esav could have killed him. Oh, so says the Gemara, nice. 
But you should know that Rablevi interprets the Pasik differently. And according to Rablevi, Shimon ben Lakish doesn't have a proof from this Pasik. But the Pasik that we quoted from Yeshaya stands that it comes clearly that only after Mashiach comes, then lo yikari oid lo novel nadiv. Now what does Rablevi say? This is a great mashal. There was a host that he invited the guest and the guest realized that his host is going to kill him or wants to kill him. So what does the guest do? So the guest gives a compliment and the kavan of the compliment is not to flatter but it's to frighten. So the guest says, wow, tafshul zeshani to'im. This food that you're making to me, mamish tastes like the tafshil, shata'amti beveis hamelech. It tastes just like the dish that I was given when I went to visit the king. Why is he saying it? Omar, the host, says in his mind, ooh, yadalei malka. He knows the king. He's hamish with the king. He eats by the king. If that's the case, is Mr. Faye. Meaning I'm, I'm, I'm afraid of him. And therefore he doesn't kill him. So those were not words of flattery, that your dish tastes good. That is telling him, I know the king. Yaakov is telling Esau, you look like in the face of an angel. He wasn't flattering him, he was frightening Esau. You know who I am. I'm familiar seeing the faces of Malachim. That's, that's, that's Bechlal not considered flattery. But again, we're not challenging the din that Bo'elam Hazah, when there's a Sakana, you're allowed to falsely flatter the Rishayim. Let's just uh, another few lines. A person who has in him the attribute of false flattery. Maybe Afla Oilam he brings anger in the world. As it says, that those who flatter, they bring in Af anger. Not only that, their filos are not heard. As it says, as Eub says, that Hashem will not listen to their crying out. Ki asarem, when Hashem afflicts them. Why will Hashem not listen to them? Why won't they even cry out? Because they are people who falsely flattered others. Emirz Hashem to be continued.